Hey, welcome into our very first edition of the Coach Jeff Wolbrin Show presented by the Pioneer Restaurant here on ESPN Denver 1600 as we are getting set to talk Denver Pioneers men's basketball for the first time in 2021-22 as a, a new hoop season is upon us. As crazy as that is to believe, we're six weeks away from the end of the year and I don't know how that happened. My name is Tyler Mon, voice of the Pioneers and joined for the first time this season by the new head coach of DU Men's Hoops, Jeff Wolbrin, who joins us. Uh, coach, it's so good to see you. We get to do so many conversations. We rarely get to do them in the same place, I feel like, in this modern world. <laughs> but how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, man. It's an exciting time for us and our players, and uh, can't wait to get the season tipped off. Great to be with you today. It's uh, so exciting for us to get a chance to, you know, we're actually recording this on Monday. It'll air on Wednesday. We're going to do some preview stuff uh, of this Pioneers roster here in 2021-22. But just the fact that we are less than uh, 24 or just a little bit over 24 hours from tip-off, uh, our sports information director, Chris Smith, is on our Zoom call with us. And he and I have been texting nonstop for the last six months about how excited we are for this <laughs> season. And coach, now that we're this close, uh, what's the energy like in the building for you, for your staff, for your guys? I've gotten a chance to come to practice a lot. You guys are building something, obviously, uh, that feels very strong and very steady in the in the early stages. But what is it like now being this close to getting it underway? Well, I know you've been to our practices and, and you felt the energy. It's something that we really focus on, uh, energy, effort, enthusiasm every day. And the guys have been great. Uh, they've supplied that on a daily basis. Uh, but uh, the the level here in the, in the coming days as we tip off the season is is pretty special. Uh, I mean, you can you can sense something new and something different happening. And Tyler, you know, I, I was talking to the team about this the other day, and uh, so many things come into it. Like it's it's not just about the Regis game. Um, we're we're playing a very very good opponent in Regis. They return their top nine scores. Uh, really really well coached team, but. You know, for us, this is kind of about us and, and how we all came together. And we've got six players who remain from the, the previous uh, regime. And we've got nine new scholarship players. And, you know, the question is, you know, why did we all come together? And we have shared values and shared goals and objectives and expectations. And, and of course, we discussed that, you know, you get one chance to make a first impression. And I really want this to go right for our guys. Uh, they, they have... Uh, their dedication and their desire and their determination and quite honestly their faith in me and their their faith in the coaching staff I, I want it to be rewarded and, uh, and we have some strengths as a basketball team and, and also this is a year that you, you understand what your deficiencies are and, and you, you work hard to to get better in those areas. Coach, this uh, first season for you guys at DU, there are probably some people tuned in who have, um, you know, known that that you guys are on as a staff and um, are excited for this year, but don't necessarily know the whole story behind the process of getting you here. We've had this conversation several times, but for for those who haven't heard us, give us the thirty thousand foot view of what got you to Denver. Uh, previously, associate head coach at Stanford. Um, now you get an opportunity to lead a program for the first time this D one level. Um, take us through the the broad strokes of how you made it here to DU. Okay, we'll kind of make this the Reader's Digest version. That okay? works. <laughs> Tyler, um, real quickly, I, I, I love my time at Stanford. I, I spent the last five years there with Jared Haas. And what made it really special, I, I love being associated with a prestigious academic institution. Um, I, I love the culture that we were able to build there. We were able to recruit guys who chased excellence in all they did, just high character, high integrity guys. They, they wanted to hit it out of the park. 
on the basketball court. They were all working to make the NBA. We had three draft choices in the last three years at Stanford. And, uh, but they also wanted to hit it out of the park with the academic opportunities, the networking opportunities, and they just, they chased excellence in all they did. And the, the, the quick version is what attracted me to the Denver job, I, I think was twofold. One was it is a prestigious academic institution. It's an institution that we could build a culture like we had at Stanford. We could recruit and, and really appeal to high integrity, high character young men. And the second thing, that really appealed to me, Tyler, I'll tell you, is the challenge. You know, I think as a coach, you're, you're a builder, you're a sustainer, and I've mentioned this a few times. I've always, I think early in my career, it's been maybe by coincidence, but the, the schools that I was at needed to be rebuilt. And I always took great pride, and we had some great success over the years at taking a program to a level they had never been at before, or a level that they hadn't seen in a long, long time. So, over the years, I began to take, you know, a great deal of pride in that area. And, and you know, I, I love the identity of being a builder. So I would tell you that the lure of coming here also had something to do with rebuilding a program, doing something really special that had never been accomplished before here at DU to, to get a program to the level where you're competing for championships on an annual basis, you know, to, to play in the first division one NCAA tournament. You know, these are dreams, goals and objectives but they were really appealing in my move to, to DU. Coach, you bring in uh, a roster in 2021-22 that, as you noted, you've got six returning players. Uh, you've got nine newcomers. We're going to talk a lot about the newcomers, some of the, the fresh faces that Pioneers fans will see, some young guys, some transfers mixed in. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the returning group. Um, you've got some guys who have really been some heart and soul players for this team over the last few years. The Pioneers fans have gotten to know, you know, Taylor Gatlin comes to mind, Tristan Green comes to mind. Um, and obviously, you know, guys who will see minutes changed, minutes altered, maybe some more, maybe some less. Giovanni Bickham is back. Uh, James Sanders, the fourth, who is one of the hardest workers and a guy who uh, gets to throw on the crimson and gold again, a, a walk on uh, in his time. Corey Hess remains on the squad. Drake Muller remains on the squad for the returning guys to kind of be the bridge um, to the, the new players who come in into you guys, the staff. What has that returning group meant to you so far through the first seven months uh, now on the job? Uh, it's they they have meant a lot to me. And um uh, it's a difficult situation for them, in all honesty, that uh, the coach that recruited them and signed them here at DU uh, was no longer here, and uh, they had to make a decision. And uh, there was a process that went on. Uh, anytime a new coach takes over, you have new leadership. There's a culture that's implemented. Expectations, values, and objectives are shared with the team. And during that process, the remaining players decide, is this a good fit for me? This is not what I signed up for but would this be a good fit moving forward? And uh, ultimately, as you go through that process, some players decide it's not a good fit and they think that uh, it would be in their best interest to move on. And then uh, our four scholarship players plus two walk-ons decided that this was a good fit. And, and from my perspective, it absolutely was. The, the six guys that returned to us, they fit our culture. They're, they're the type of young men that we want to reflect our program on the court, off the court, in the community, in the classroom. Um, so uh, it, it was a good fit. And, and I really appreciate that they put forth the, 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 the time and the effort to get to know myself, my staff, understand what was important to us, uh, and then to finally make the commitment that, yes, this is where I want to go. And, you know, in, a, in an age of 
the grass is greener in college basketball where uh, you have essentially free agency. Uh, these six young men decided that this was going to be a good place for them. So to answer your question, uh, they, they have a special place in my heart for sure. Coach, this era, like you said, there is so much different now here in 2021 um, than even if we were having this conversation 10 years ago or five years ago in terms of the landscape of how players can move and, um, you know, the rules now uh, not forcing that year of sitting out, not, uh, you know, penalizing guys for the pandemic, the extra year of eligibility that players get. Um, when you got in March, April, May, you're getting set to to get a program up on its feet uh, for the first time as a head coach. What was the process for putting this roster together in terms of how you recruited? You guys leaned into the transfer portal, got some players from there. You recruit a very good class of freshmen. Um, how do you do that when you're jumping into a circumstance where you're building a, a roster for a team that struggled a bit, you're doing it for the first time as a head coach at the D1 level, and now you're doing it in this era where I feel like so many coaches look at the transfer portal and think, oh, it's overwhelming. I don't want to deal with it. You guys really embrace that. Uh, Tyler, that's a great question, and, and I will tell you, my staff and I put a great deal of time, effort, and thought into that, and ultimately what we came up with was that we wanted to utilize the portal along with high school, prep schools, junior colleges, and even international uh, recruits, but what we needed, we, we didn't want to mortgage the future to be really competitive this year, and, and uh, in other words, we, we had multiple goals. And the goal to be competitive this year was certainly one to take the program forward and, uh, and become competitive to every, every team that we play. That was an objective, but we didn't want to mortgage the future to do so. So what we ended up doing is we, we took five freshmen who we think have a huge upside. We're so excited about the type of players that they can be when they gain some experience uh, and confidence uh, really in the short term here. I think you'll see it happening this season and certainly over time, but uh, they are key components to the future success of our program. You add to that JJ, uh, Jordan Johnson. Jordan is a junior college All-American who has three years of eligibility. So really those six guys uh, are, are what I would say uh, the, are the foundational piece to future success. Uh, here at, in the DU basketball program. But we also understood for us to be competitive, we needed to get some experience, guys who had been through it. And uh, that's where KJ Hunt comes in. And gosh, to, to have a point guard with KJ's experience, he led his team to a league championship. He led this team to a, a league tournament in an NCAA tournament berth. Uh, his team was 18 and two at Moorhead State with him at the point last year. So experience is so valuable and even more so at the point guard position. So uh, we, we've really helped ourselves by getting a proven leader in KJ. Um, Mikey Hen and Peyton Moore, also two key components. Uh, Peyton played three years at Rice in Conference USA, a very athletic conference, highly competitive conference. Uh, Peyton was an integral part of those Rice teams. Peyton graduated Rice in just three years. So he actually has two years of eligibility for us here and is working on a graduate degree. Uh, but again, an experienced guy who's been through it. Um, and then Mikey Hen, who has had a few stops along the way. Last year, he was at the University of Portland. He's a career 6'8", a career 40% three-point shooter. But I think more importantly than just the experience on the court, Tyler, is that these three guys understand what it takes to compete, what it takes to have success at the Division I level. They have three, four years under their belt. These guys are 22 and 23 years old, 
And uh, that was a necessary ingredient, we thought, for us to be successful and competitive this year is to bring in some experience. And those three guys will not only give us experience on the court, but leadership and leadership. I've got six players who have not played a Division One game yet. And uh, so uh, they, they've been through it. Uh, they're, they're great leaders. They care about their teammates. And um, uh, we hope that that formula will, will prove to be successful, not only in this year, but in the years to come. We're going to dive into this roster a little bit more and get you set for the start of this 2021-22 Pioneer season as the inaugural edition of the Coach Jeff Wilburn Show presented by the Pioneer Restaurant continues next on ESPN Denver 1600. DU fans, the Pioneer is DU's neighborhood spot with a huge enclosed patio on the main level, rooftop patio, and tons of indoor-outdoor seating with HDTVs. The Pioneer is a great spot to meet your friends, grab lunch or dinner, and catch a Pioneer's game. We have cold drink specials available all day, every day. Or come enjoy our house margarita or specialty handcrafts. The Pioneer offers quality, affordable food that is predominantly Mexican in nature. Located at the corner of University and Wesley. Come see us today and get your Pio on. Hear that? That's the plumpest, juiciest hot dogs you've ever seen getting their grill on. But we both know what'll make it sound even better. Oh yeah, it's a Pepsi to go with your hot dog. Because when you're chomping on America's favorite meal, relish, mustard, and onions perfectly blending into a crescendo of flavor, there's only one thing that makes everything about that moment better. A cold, refreshing Pepsi. See what I mean? It's like music to my ears. Hot dogs. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Ah. Continuing along on ESPN Denver 1600, it is the first edition of the Coach Jeff Wolverine Show presented by the Pioneer Restaurant. Talking Denver Pioneers men's basketball as DU opens play this week with a couple of matchups at home against in-city foe, not even just in-state foe. Regis on Tuesday, you'll be hearing this actually a day after that matchup against uh, the Regis Rangers. And then Ottawa a school coming in from Arizona on Friday. Um Coach, before we dive into talking a little bit about the start to this season, um, you mentioned the the guys you've been able to bring in uh, for this roster and from international players to some of the older transfers and freshmen and all that. When you hit the recruiting trail, started to get this program put together for 2021-22, what is the feeling about Denver? When you talk to recruits, and obviously you brought in a very talented roster, um, you know, you talk about some of the veteran guys who come in, you've got a, a Jugo All-American and Jordan Johnson, you've got, you know, somebody in Tevin Smith who was named a, a mid-major freshman to watch by ESPN.com. It seems there has to be some very good chatter about what the University of Denver can be for players. What is the reaction that you get from guys when you talk to them on the trip? Yeah, uh, great question. I, I think, first of all, it's the university that we represent. Uh, we, My assistants uh, did an amazing job identifying kids that were good fits for the culture of our basketball program and good fits academically for the university. Uh, they're, they're young men who understood the value of a University of Denver degree. So that was, uh, I think, appeal number one, that it was a, a culture that fit them. We had values that were similar to their values. And then they were going to school. These are kids who have made academics a priority their entire life. And, and now, you know, why stop now? And you have an opportunity to go to college and do the same thing here. So the DU degree and the DU education was instrumental in, in attracting their attention. So that, I guess that would be number one. Number two would be, gosh, we, we represent, we live in such a beautiful area. And it's a major metropolitan area, which I think was really appealing to the European kids that we recruited. Uh, it's very similar to what they grew up in. And 
uh, it offers so much, you know, uh, just the, the, the culture, the different experiences, the diversity in the population, the cultural events, the pro sports, all of those things are really, really attractive to young people. And, uh, and of course, the beauty of the mountains, uh, obviously. So I, I'm new at that part, but we love, we love where we live now. And, uh, uh, you know, as time permits, we're getting to uh, discover it more and more. But uh, that certainly is a great appeal to it. And then I think that the last piece of it, Tyler, would be what appealed to me to go someplace and do something special that hadn't been accomplished before. That was our sell to our recruiting class. Like you, you can you can go to a place and you can sustain the success that they've had, or you can come here to DU and help us build something really special. So I would tell you all three of those areas were attractive to the young men who are in our program now. And it feels like when you identify that uh, pivot point in a player, those are the types of guys that you want on a roster when their mission is, yes, I want to be part of building something. That attitude seems like it's uh, a self-sustaining kind of thing between a coaching staff and a group of players when everybody's on that same page. Um, and, and that's what's one of the really exciting things about this roster for this year. You mentioned the international guys. Um, you've got three international players in the freshman class. Felipe Mata is from Brindisi, Italy. Pedro Lopez San Vicente is from the Canary Islands in Spain. And Toko Tainamo is from Helsinki in Finland. How does the international recruiting process play out in the middle of a global pandemic? How do you find guys? How do you get in touch with guys? How did that work to get those three on this roster? Well, it was all via Zoom. Uh, you know, at that point with the pandemic, nobody was taking trips. We couldn't invite them to come and take campus visits. Uh, of course, every school was in the same situation, but uh, we did, uh, uh, our staff did a, a great job, I think, educating these guys. And what we, we saw as strengths to our basketball program moving forward, uh, we identified uh, our culture. We identified key components that we think were uh, necessary for success in the program moving forward. We hit on the educational piece, and these are all things that we had to communicate via Zoom, via eight to 10 hour time differences, and uh, get to know families as well. And uh, I can't thank my staff and, and, and really tell you, they did an amazing job. And part of this is identifying kids who will thrive in your program. And then you've got to get those, you've got to build relationships with those kids, with their families, Get them interested in what we we have here and educate them and my staff did an incredible job so um uh, you know at, at stanford we didn't we never had a geographic footprint to our recruiting and i think that's very similar here we were never tied to recruiting in the west coast stanford had a great reputation globally uh you know internationally and uh, it was easy uh, for us to get involved with great students who were overseas uh, just a few years ago at Stanford, we, we had a player from Australia, uh, Lithuania and Germany. So it's something that uh, we had done before. We made some contacts in that process and over the years, and we leaned on those when we got the job here. And uh, we, we really, it was no stone unturned, Tyler, when we got here. Um, you know, three international players, uh, a high school player, a prep school player, a junior college player. Um, you know, we, we looked everywhere and we relied on our contacts and our relationships. Well, we are uh, running down to the final few minutes, which is uh, 
both exciting because we've had so much to talk about that I feel like we haven't even gotten to dive into some of the other things, which means we've got so much to discuss as the uh, the Jeff Wolverine show goes along this season. But a few more things before we get out of here, Coach. Um, your guys will get this season started. Regis, November 9th, Ottawa, November 12th. When you've got these first couple of games at home, uh, you follow it with a lot of time uh, on the road, a lot of road games uh, on this non-conference portion of the schedule. But you get to kind of start feeling out the identity of what this group is going to be like on the floor from what you've seen from them in practice uh, and with games getting started this week. If you're talking to a pioneers fan about what they are going to see coming out, what type of team will be on the floor, what they're going to be excited about in 2021, 22, uh, how would you describe this team to them? Um, I would tell you a very unselfish team, maybe first and foremost, uh, I'd like to, uh, uh, we will see, but our goal will certainly be the hardest playing team that's on the court. Uh, unselfish, hard playing, a team that competes, um, a team that understands that we need to get the best shot for the team on every offensive possession. And we understand what it will take to be successful on the offensive end, which is player movement, which is ball movement. We call them paint touches. You have to collapse a defense and the ball has to touch the, the paint or the key. And then our threes need to come inside out. We need guards to, with the ability to penetrate and attack the basket. We need to get to the foul line you know, on a regular basis. And that's always a great measure of how aggressive you are. So uh, on the defensive end, I would tell you, uh, we, we are a man-to-man based team. Doesn't mean we won't throw a zone out occasionally uh, as a kind of a surprise and change move. But uh, we, we spend all of our time on our man defense. Um, uh, we're, we're well drilled, we're well schooled on the defensive end. Uh, we will do a few things to kind of shake the ball loose on the defensive end, which creates easy offense in return. So uh, I think you'll see all of that, but uh, I, maybe first and foremost, I hope the unselfishness jumps out at people when they watch us play. And I hope the, the effort, uh, we, you know, I, I try to tell the players there's a real big difference between playing hard and competing. And when you compete, you won't be denied. You, you give it everything that you have. And uh, we're, we're deciphering that. Uh, and, you know, we have a very young team and, um, uh, you know, it will be great to get these guys a little bit of experience. And I think if they have some success, the confidence will grow. But uh, my guys are really pleasers. Uh, I can't point to one practice this, this season and say, well, we had a poor effort. Uh, every day they come out there, they try to accomplish what we ask of them. Uh, they're looking to please the coaching staff and play within our system. So uh, that part of it's been great. And, and now we're ready to move on and play some other people. All right, coach, some final, uh, more fun questions before we get out of here. I learned that you were a big Seinfeld guy. I'm a big Seinfeld guy. Uh, favorite episode. Do you have oh one my. that when it pops up on syndication somewhere that you think like, well, there goes my next 30 minutes. Okay, I, this one's hard to describe, but, but if you're a Seinfeld fan, you will know the episode. When Kramer walks into Jerry's apartment, and I think it was a $100 bill, and he slaps <laughs> it on the table, and he says, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Known as the contest. Uh, that episode. That is a That's fantastic right. choice. That is a fantastic choice. So anyone I'm, who follows Seinfeld will know that episode. You'll know it right? immediately. Immediately. Uh, that's a that's a great one. Um, the uh, on the basketball side of things, growing up when you got into coaching, all that. Some of your favorite either players or coaches, inspiration wise, either guys you love to watch play or coaches that you really like to to immerse yourself in. You know, I grew up in Southern California, and it was kind of after the John Wooden era. 
but as I became a young coach in high school, it, 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 uh, it still was recent history and uh, read all of John Wooden's books and, uh, of course, uh, understood and knew the uh, just the, the success that he shared at UCLA and uh, kind of fell in love with the fact that he he was a teacher and he was a teacher of life lessons and he was very detail oriented and it just wasn't coaching about basketball. And then you heard his former players, you know, whether it was Bill Walton or at that time, Lou Alcindor talk about the uh, the impact that, that Coach Wooden had on them as people. And I became an educator and a high school teacher and coach 30 some odd years ago because I wanted to impact young people's lives in a positive way. And today that motivates me. And I, and I guess, uh, you know, hearing about Coach Wood and all those years and the impact he had on his players, there was a little bit of a common denominator there that I, that, that really appealed to me. All right. Being in Denver, is there a most Colorado thing that you have done so far? Have you had the cliche day yes. of like, oh, we did a 14er and then we hit a microbrewery and then we went to a Rockies game. What is the most Colorado thing you've done? Wow. That, that would be a big, t- that's all in one day. Yeah. There's I haven't a, had a there's day a like that. How, how <laughs> I think about I had one? I, I've been fly fishing. Okay. Well, okay. that's a great answer. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, you know, we, we went up, my wife and I went to Vail. Uh, we had about a week off in the summertime. Uh, and uh, so we, we, we hit all the resorts there in the Vale area and it was so beautiful in the summertime. And, um, so, uh, you know, that, and, and experiencing all the restaurants in the Denver area, we've been to a Rockies game. We went to a Nuggets exhibition game. So we're getting out there a little bit. That is fantastic. Those are all great answers. And, uh, <laughs> as we connected on the zoom, you saw my absurd wall of hats behind me. And, uh, we were talking baseball for a minute and, uh, you're a Dodgers fan. We can't hold that against you, obviously, because you're good. And the team in this city is not, uh, so we'll, you know, we'll have these conversations where you'll get to dunk on me constantly for being born here and being sentenced to being a Rockies fan. But, uh, you know, those are the ways sports go. And, uh, for this Denver Pioneers team in 2021, 22, there's so much to be excited about and, and uh, I'm so excited to get a chance to do this with you guys and to have a whole bunch more shows bothering you, whether it's pregame or coaches shows or uh, chalk talk or whatever it is. And I uh, can't wait to see you out there this week, coach. Thanks so much for the time. Hey, Tyler, this was a lot of fun. Looking forward to going through the season with you. Thanks so Same much. Same here, sir. We'll do it again soon. Wrapping up the inaugural edition of the Coach Jeff Wolverine Show presented by the Pioneer Restaurant. We'll talk to you later this week for DU Hoops on ESPN Denver 1600.